Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, more than four years ago, let me just stop that for a second before I do my intro. Get out a pen and paper. Pen and paper. Stop right now. Get pen and paper. You're going to want to write down stuff today? Pen and paper. Stop what you're doing. Pen and paper. Okay. More than four years ago, David Gibbs III came on iWork for him and shared some remarkable information about what rights we have in the workplace and what rights we don't. In those four years, we've added a significant amount of persecution and a significant, monstrous amount of lack of tolerance for anything having a biblical worldview. So what's legal for you to say and do regarding your faith in the workplace? Do you know? What rights do you have in your workplace regarding your faith? Do you know? Can you pray? Can you read your Bible? Can you hold a Bible study? Can you even invite somebody to church? Is it different if you're a teacher at a public school or a worker at a private company? The answer is, you're going to find out. Stay tuned as we explore all these options and more with David Gibbs III from the National Center for Life and Liberty, found online at ncll.org. That's ncll.org. David Gibbs III, welcome back to our work for him. Let's just start simple stuff. Business owner. I own my own business. What are my rights in living out my faith in my business? Let's talk about business owners. You've got really, you know, kind of three things to think about. Number one, your branding, your messaging, your your policies, your promotion, your advertisement. You are absolutely unlimited in promoting your faith and the market's control. So if you say, you know, this is a business that loves Jesus, you can put that on your signs. You can put anything that you feel is a good testimony. Obviously, as people of faith, you want to make sure that you maintain a good testimony, but you're, you're wide open. I mean, so you can be as faith friendly as you want in your advertising, your promotions, and your imaging. With your employees, you have the right uh, to offer things to them, but the rule with your employees is just don't force it. So, for example, if you say, um, we're going to have a chaplain. I'm willing to pay this chaplain. I want them to be able to pray, counsel, help, do things. As long as it's an option, employees can, you know, if you say, well, no, you've got to pray with the chaplain or you lose your job, then you could potentially subject yourself to a lawsuit. So the thing with dealing with employees is certainly as your business grows, is you just want to make sure that you realize you can certainly provide resources, help, information. You can have speakers in. You could have Jim come over to your workplace and do and a I'm session. Willing. And you're there, and that's 100%. But just don't force it where somebody would be either penalized or demoted for not attending. So you have an opportunity to provide those resources. When it comes to your customers, um, what I generally recommend to businesses, and again, there's two types. Obviously, services are different than uh, widgets. You're mailing things out. A lot of times you won't even know what you're mailing out the door uh, or who it's to. Um, again, different types of businesses. But as a general rule, you sell to just about everybody. But then services, I do say to folks, you know, um, be careful if you're in a service-related industry where you know you're going to get sucked into controversy. So let's talk about it. The wedding photographers, the uh, chapels, the uh, folks that are doing the bakery. I mean, we see some of these issues moving up to the Supreme Court. And just recognize that right now, if you deny service uh, to an individual because you believe that what they're doing is wrong, 
um, that you do want to be careful if you're in a public accommodation realm uh, because that has been heavily litigated across the country. Now, it is sort of interesting. There is a case that is going to the Supreme Court. It's dealing uh, right now with a, a, a baker in Colorado, and it is possible that the Supreme Court could expand, we'll call it the Hobby Lobby doctrine. Um, Hobby Lobby got some uh, relief at the Supreme Court in terms of benefits that they provided to their employees. Um, so it could expand it a little bit. But right now, if you're a business owner, you're going to deny service um, because you object to what's going on. Um, you want to be careful how you state that because you could end up giving them a lawsuit when otherwise they wouldn't have one. But you're always able to say, you know, I'm unavailable, my schedule won't work. So making sure that you, um, as a business owner, um, are careful when you deny service would be one area to watch in today's world. Now, isn't it true? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, please. You know, a lot of this is all aimed towards people proclaiming faith in Christ. But that if this was, I mean, are there any cases out there where people of other faiths, other worldwide faiths that are really powerful that, you know, and... Those people say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cook that for you. I'm not going to make that. Where those people are being taken, or is it just Christians being being persecuted for saying, no, I'm not going to accommodate you? As I see it nationally, Jim, and I'm certain, you know, again, with Google, you can dig up, but I'm sure there might be a case somewhere. But what I have found is the, let, let's say, the traditional Jewish faith or the Muslims or others that would have I'm Mennonites, Amish. I mean, you, you can see folks that have very visible religious beliefs, and they may deny services. As a general rule, they're left alone. Now, why? I think there's a couple things. I think culturally, they believe their faith means more to them than the typical evangelical Christian that looks like everybody else. So there's a visual, you know, it's a little more, you know, do you really mean this? Um, number two, I think the Christians sometimes have articulated their reasons wrong. Um, instead of looking pro-faith and being consistent with what you believe, sometimes, like in the uh, homosexual wedding thing, it can look like you're anti-gay or anti-homosexual. And so I think the positioning is allowing the cases to track a little differently. David, when we you were talking about rights as a business owner, and now that was with regard to what they can do within their business. Right. Obviously, they have to be smart because if they get really freakish with their faith, it could alienate customers. That's not our problem. That's their problem. But when it comes to hiring people, it depends on the size of the company, what rights the business owner has as well, right? Absolutely. Um, When I say to folks that are either employees or managers, you have to kind of look at a couple of things. Number one, do you work for the government? And and sadly, in today's world, the government is one of our biggest employers in a lot of ways, local, state, and federal. And the government is an interesting employer because the United States Constitution kicks in. Um, you and I Regardless of which government. Regardless local, of which state, government. Or, okay. And by the way, more often than not, you get two constitutions. You get your state constitution and you get the federal. A lot of times they overlap, but sometimes the state constitution will even give you more rights. So if you're working in Florida or if you're looking in Georgia, you may have some additional protections. But the government cannot discriminate based on a lot of things. Uh, most commonly people talk about race, but another one is religion. So you, if you're working for a government, have lots of rights. And then if you're a manager or someone, you have to understand that protecting these rights is one of your more important jobs. So the government realm operates on a whole different legal system 
uh, when you analyze the cases than the private sector. Now, what's the private sector? Well, no. I mean, don't jump, don't jump just yet. Government workers. So you're saying well, our rights are protected by the Constitution. So I'm a teacher, a public school teacher somewhere in the United States of America. You hear a lot where teachers get in trouble for having a Bible on their desk. They get in trouble for mentioning anything about God in the in, the, in their uh, classroom. What kind of rights does a teacher have? A teacher has rights not to be discriminated against or being treated unfairly as compared to any other employee. So, for example, if a Koran is allowed, a Bible is allowed. If any book is allowed, the Bible is allowed. So you can't discriminate on the nature of it. Now, Here's sort of the government worker limitation. You are not, as a government employee, while you're on the clock, allowed to use the government resources to promote your religion at the expense of another. So, for example, if you go to the post office and you say, hey, I'm here to buy some stamps, the employee across the counter is obviously paid by the government to give you the stamps, take your money and to give you what you're asking for. But if that employer were to say, hey, while you're here in the post office, let me take just a minute and let me just tell you about some things that are going on at my church or what would happen if you were to die today or if they were to engage in what we'll call a spiritual conversation, that would be inappropriate. Why? That would be deemed as the government worker on the clock doing government work, using their position to promote their religion at the expense of another. That's where teachers have to be a little careful. Um, If you stand up in the classroom, and by the way, children are more protected than other adults. So my example of the stamps, you're going to have a little more latitude than you will dealing with children. And then the children are there all day long. So the teachers have to recognize that they are able to answer questions. They can be honest and open with the students, but they cannot use the classroom to overtly uh, promote their faith at the expense of another. But we all know good teachers um, get involved in the lives of their students. They can share personal experiences. They can talk about things. They can set role models. So good teachers can still be salt and light. I believe uh, public school teachers uh, do a phenomenal work across this country. And tough from, job, too. Tough job. And they're getting more handcuffed. I mean, I, I just had a teacher hand me an email, and here's the email from the superintendent. Here's the students in your room that have gender identified as different. So, you know, Marco is now going to be Margie. And he is going to be wearing girls' clothes. You're to use female pronouns from here forward. So now it turns to she in the middle of the email. She will be on the girls' sports team. She'll be using the girls' bathroom. She'll be, and by the way, she has not given us permission to disclose this to her parents. So if the parents come to a parent teacher meeting, be sure to use the legal name and not discuss any of her confidential decision to switch identities. Now, somebody kind of screwed up world we live in and and people just go, that's shocking. That's where these public school teachers are almost feeling like the um, I say this respectfully, they're students, but the inmates are running the asylum. I mean, the reality is they're sitting there with no ability to even hardly discipline and anything that is putting stress on the children is now deemed as, you know, inappropriate. So. Teachers are you mean like grades doing homework stuff like that or telling them no. Uh-huh. I mean the reality is I mean some of these schools and and certainly not in this part of Florida is bad, but you go to certain parts of the inner cities around our nation. I mean it's crowd control. I mean it's if the kids decide they'll sit down, they'll sit down, and any thought that you're going to like actually force them to like read books and behave and not 
use obscene language to the teachers. I mean, so some of our public schools are just an absolute war zone disaster. But back to the legal rights, the teachers can answer questions. And then remember, teachers, you're completely protected as government workers to share your faith with other adults, your coworkers, uh, parents may come in. You know, somebody says, man, I'm going through a messy situation. My husband just died or I'm going through a divorce or you're welcome to give them books to have conversations. So remember your free speech, your freedom of religion does not go away because you are a government worker. The only limit is you cannot use your government position to promote your faith at the expense of others. So if, if a teacher gets asked a question during the classroom time about her faith, he or she can answer that question honestly and say hey you know jesus is the center of my faith she's loved absolutely because they were asked the question absolutely okay and and by the way you can also discuss historical facts the uh, by the way the bible has a lot to do with history it has a lot to do with science has a lot to do with math you're certainly welcome to um, teach and to give information i mean teachers are to pass along truth i mean that's what they're trying to accomplish so um, good teachers can find ways to get the truth of the word of god into the classroom we listen to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. Ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at iWorkForHim and online, iWorkForHim.com.